Welcome to the In the Oil Patch radio show, broadcasting from the SR Trident studio. SR Trident, where safety is a culture, not just a word. In the Oil Patch radio show with Kimball Auto is where you will hear the latest in the oil, gas, and energy industry from a wide variety of industry experts, elected officials, and more, right here on In the Oil Patch radio show. And welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kimball Otto, and today we have a great show lined up for you. We'll be joined by Tom Pyle, the president of American Energy Alliance. But first, I'd like to tell you about our latest issue of Shell Magazine, in which we featured Nick Dulles, who is the CEO of CNX Resources. Now, they are a new refining company that's located in the Marcellus Shell, which is near Pittsburgh. So we're pretty excited about being able to feature them and talking about what's happening in the Pittsburgh area. It's an article and an issue that you don't want to miss. Plus, there's a whole lot of other great stories in there, especially if you want to know more about oil, gas, and energy. For more information, please go to shale, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. And now it's time for me to welcome on the editor of Shell Magazine and my co-host, David Blackman. David, welcome to this week's show. Hey, it's another beautiful day in the oil patch. It, it really is. And I honestly think that this is the best time of the year because it's this where it's really a nice crisp morning and then it warms up nicely in the afternoon. And I don't know why we talk so much about the weather on our show, but I guess I, you and I do happen to really enjoy good weather. And in Texas, we're having it. Every day is um, a beautiful day in Texas, right? That's right. Whether it's raining or not, um, <laughs> David, let's let's discuss the Biden administration and uh, the announcement that they are finally going to hold onshore oil and gas leases uh, yeah. later this year. But to try to jumpstart the domestic oil and gas supply, because they they're really getting hammered in the polls and they're getting hammered. Uh, publicly, the media is now starting to say, how do we do this? So finally, people are snapping that this is a very disingenuous administration when it comes down to wanting to provide more energy, not less. But what is your opinion on this? So we've had this hold on federal lands that there's been drilling and permitting and, and, and they're going after the pipelines, which we will be joined later today, Texas Pipeline Association and the show later on today. How, how, how genuine is the administration when they, when they say they're going to hold these leases uh, on? Well, uh, in the yeah, fall? it's you're, you're right. I mean, it's not genuine at all. They, they're they under a court order. They were running up on a deadline uh, on a court order that was list, uh, issued last July uh, for them to restart the leasing program that Biden suspended on his first day in office. I want everyone to know, I think the first point to make is by this point in his first term, uh, Barack Obama's administration had conducted 14 onshore lease sales and five in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, and this will be the first onshore lease sale, if it comes about, uh, by the Biden administration. It's uh, uh, going to be uh, the, the amount of acreage uh, under this lease sale has been cut by about 80 percent from what it should be in the, the Interior Department's five-year plan that was adopted in 2020. Uh, so they're offering 80% less acres for lease, uh, and they're offering it at a 50% higher royalty rate, uh, which is the royalty is the portion you pay to the federal government. So it's, um, it's not designed to increase oil production in the United States. It's just designed to 
give a virtue signal to the news media and to satisfy a court order. And um, it's the bare minimum they could possibly do. And that's what they're going to do. And then I suspect they will find some other rationale for suspending the leasing program again and, you know, force the courts to order them again uh, to do another lease sale. And while this sounds really good on a PR stunt, the reality, though, is that for our listeners, for us, we're going to continue to pay higher gas prices, higher at the grocery store, higher prices on our utilities. And this isn't going to go away anytime soon, folks. Correct? Correct. Um, I mean, it's an ideological thing. They're true believers. They're going to. They're going to do this until the voters stop them from doing it. And that that can start in November, hopefully. Crazy, 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 crazy. Um, Corn prices, they reached a (laughs) 14-year high this past week, just after the Biden administration ordered the EPA to allow production of more corn-based ethanol coming this summer. First of all, explain this ethanol changing over the fuel blends for the summertime, why that's in place, and then yeah. is this a coincidence? Yeah, so that, you know, and, and we're talking about corn prices, folks, on this show for the first time, but it's completely relevant. The, the, the you know, we blend corn-based ethanol into our gasoline here in the United States. Uh, most of the gasoline you buy at a filling station has 10% ethanol in it. And that ethanol is being made from corn, which is food, as we all know. And here we are at a time when the news media is filled with reports about food shortages, global food shortages coming about this summer uh, because of the war in Ukraine. Ukraine's one of the biggest food exporting countries on earth, and so is Russia. And we're going to have a lot of disruptions in those ethanol. Uh, exports of grains, uh, wheat, uh, and corn, and rice, and and other grains. So here's the Biden administration as a sop to their environmentalist community, saying, oh, you know what, we'll just just use more of the food we grow here in the United States to make ethanol with, and you'll be able to sell E15 gasoline during the summer months, which is something the EPA has banned since 2004, because it creates smog during the summer months. And, and it doesn't make any sense. And, and it's direct cause of corn prices going to these you know 14 year highs. And, and corn prices go up when corn becomes scarce. And corn is becoming scarce during a time of starvation in the third world, uh, because in America, we're using a bigger portion of our corn crops to make fuel that we don't need with. That's what the Biden administration did this week with corn. So let me let me recap this. I, <laughs> I, I don't mean to laugh. I, we shouldn't be laughing. I mean, this, we but, shouldn't be but, laughing about it. It's but tragic. But it is so ludicrous that you it can't is. help but laugh. We have shortages in energy all because they say that we have an environmental problem, right? Uh, we climate right. change. We have now higher prices. We have an invasion in Ukraine because we have yeah. weak energy security. And now to add insult to injury, we, we're being told we're probably not going to have enough food for the world's supply. We're going to have problems all over the world feeding everyone because of all these 
four policies and to add insult to injury, now we're going to be forcing third world countries into starvation potentially because of some of the policies coming out of this administration. Is that correct? Yes. Have I left anything out? You can't make it up, but it's true. You know, you just could never make this stuff up. And so for the people who are listening, who are uh, climate change alarmist, or look, we all have to live on this planet and everyone should be concerned about uh, global warming. If there is uh, any air emissions that are being released, we should be trying to do things greener. Everyone is in agreement with that. But if, but if we're killing people now, just to fend something off in the future, is that right to morally, ethically? I and mean, who, who makes these decisions like that? And I, I just don't really see like, <laughs> it, it's kind of already starting a very problematic uh, problem. And I do hope that something changes in November. Let's, let's talk about, uh, and you're welcome to, to answer on that if you want to make a comment on that. Because oh, just, I think you summed it up just right. We're, we're using food to make fuel we don't need, and people will probably starve because we're doing it, and it's just shameful. It's shameful. Natural gas prices, uh, they were also at a 14-year high. So yep. we got 14 and 14 corn and natural gas on highs. Um, and is this a result of the rising LNG exports, or what's causing this all-time high for natural gas prices? Yeah, I mean, it's part partly because uh, we're, we're exporting so much more natural gas uh, via LNG. And it's also just because we haven't been, you know, the, the ramp up in production is not proceeding as rapidly as we would have liked. Uh, there's just growing demand for natural gas in all sorts of applications. But the, the, the industry will eventually catch up on the production. There's so much natural gas. It's so abundant here in the United States that ultimately... This will be a fairly short-term phenomenon, and prices will go back down to four and five dollars instead of seven fifty, like they were this week. And you're listening to and the Wolf Radio Show, and we'll be right back. SR Trident is a veteran-owned and operated industrial construction company, established in 2012 by co-founders Stephen Snyder and Ryan Berthold. SR Trident has positioned itself as an expert in the industrial construction sector. With mounting business expansions, they've assembled a team of skilled, experienced, and able individuals who are dedicated to meeting client needs as they evolve. SR Trident's safety record is impeccable as they've won a number of awards, including the ABC National Safety Excellence Award in 2020. With exceptional leadership and experience driving their gains, SR Trident can tackle any project and are ready to let their talent be the driving force in the energy industry. Call today, 361-776-2662 or visit online at srtrident.com to request a bid proposal today. Remember this name, Oil Field Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Oil Field Experts' specialty is those hard-to-find oil field parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oil Field Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923, and visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. Are you a business owner feeling overwhelmed where to begin your business's online presence? Maybe you've spent thousands of dollars in the past just to be highly disappointed with the results. 
We understand because we were once you. Since then, we decided to hire the very best experts to help us and you. Let us send you our business profile that will quickly show you your Google business rankings in these five areas. Reputation, ratings online, website, advertising and social media, and search engine optimization. All of these areas really affect how Google ranks your entire listing. So if ranking on page one is your goal, pick up the phone and call us now, 210-240-7188, or simply go to shalemag.com slash business profile. We'll be in contact with you within 24 hours. Once again, pick up the phone and call us now, 210-240-7188, or simply go to shalemag.com. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com slash business profile. Start dealing with a company you can trust and always find. And now, David, it is time for us to welcome back on the show, Tom Pyle, the president of American Energy Alliance. Tom, welcome back to In the Oral Patch radio show. So great to be back. Love you guys. You know, Tom, we wanted to bring you back because you've been releasing some really great pieces on the positive benefits of oil and natural gas. But before we get started on talking about what's happening in D.C. and all the crazy stuff when we talk about energy, to try to put it for the, uh, the, our listeners of what's really happening, tell us a little bit about uh, your organization, its mission, uh, the services that American Energy Alliance is alliance excuse me performs happy to uh, we've been around for about 15 years um we are sort of a, a watchdog uh we speak truth to power here in washington and we promote the the benefits of affordable reliable energy um and you know uh, the name of the game is affordable and reliable that means that oil and gas natural gas are, are the big dogs in that conversation uh in spite of efforts to demonize or um try to put them out of business uh, as the current president has stated numerously uh, up until recently. Um, so we, we look out and we actually analyze policy, determine their impacts on consumers, businesses, um, and families. And uh, we, we give folks tools to participate in this process through commenting on regulations. Uh, we have what we call a, an energy uh, score, scorecard uh, where we hold legislators accountable for their votes. Um, and we ena enable voters and constituents to weigh in with, with their members of Congress and, and with the administration. Um, uh, so that's in a nutshell. We also have a sister organization called the Institute for Energy Research. And the Institute is, we call it the brains. Uh, that's where we do a lot of the analysis uh, and talk about the, the, the impacts of both policies and sort of what's going on in the world with respect to, to energy and, and oil and and this business of the, the what I call the forced energy transition that's going on. Um, mm -hmm. So between the two, uh, I think we pack we pack a good one-two punch between the brains and the brawn of AEA, um, and uh, we we do just have this absolute ironclad faith in free markets. It's the only way to go. It has what it is what has made the world possible: uh, free markets and rule of law and property rights. Of course. And, you know, you, you just said that, you know, your organization is actually a scorecard, the think tank part of it, for how our elected officials are actually being graded by their voting record, uh, the rhetoric uh, that they push out, uh, and, of course, you know, how they're voting 
when they tell us something and then they go and vote the opposite. And so it's no surprise that here we are, we find ourselves once again um, dealing with hearings. The uh, recent hearings that are occurring right now, just for you know our listeners who may not know, there's uh, you know two House committees right now, of course, Democrat uh, led, criticizing the big oil CEOs. Uh, so they have the CEOs down there testifying and, and uh, pretty much probably um, really giving them a hard time about the high prices of gas, uh, you know, of gasoline. But, you know, the question is, so we're having all these hearings of, you know, what's happening, what's going on. Is, is the CEOs and big oil really responsible for why the American people are paying more at the pump and more at the grocery store and everything else that we are purchasing or using, who's really responsible? And, uh, and and why are these hearings occurring? Well, you know, we have a midterm election coming up in November, uh, and we have watched the price of, of gasoline rise uh, steadily uh, since Joe Biden was sworn in on January 20th of 2020. Um, the, uh, the problem, obviously we had a surge in demand when we all started resuming our lives after all the COVID. craziness, right? So yeah, you're going to have a, an uptick in prices. But the other thing that you that you don't see in this accumulation of of the demonization of this industry has had a tr a real impact, a, a curtailing impact on investment in yeah. the oil patch, and that is a big driver of of the reduction in supply that we've seen in the United States over the last couple of years. When you have an administration that made a campaign promise to put oil and gas out of business, and when you have an IR at the Institute, we've, we have cataloged over 70 specific actions that the administration has taken to make it more difficult to invest and or produce oil and gas in this country, in the United States, you combine that with this accumulation of this, uh, you know, uh, pressure in the investor community not to participate, not to invest, and the the industry, of course, is going to respond to that, right? They're going to say, you know what? I can't put all of these millions of dollars investing in wells if I can't depend on the government in four years or three years, right? These or are even getting permits through, or even getting the permitting process. I mean, everything is a mess. They've regulated, um, David, jump in here, uh, but we're going to go to break here in a second. They've regulated the banks to, to not loan money to a big oil or oil and gas. They also, there's just so many things that are set stacked against. So this forced uh, demonization of the oil and gas industry is absolutely correct. And it's being driven by the very people who are asking big oil executives <laughs> right. to go down the yeah. plane. David, yeah, I mean, I mean, they they encourage the ESG investor groups that control trillions of dollars of capital to to discriminate against the oil and gas industry, and and you know it's it's all policy and finance. It has nothing to. I mean, the, the oil companies are price takers, not price makers, and and it's just so it's such a dishonest exercise that it's really disgusting, frankly. 
And I know we have to go to break here pretty quick. Well, and you know what? So when we get back, we're going to get back on this topic. But I do want to you know, help our listeners understand, if you don't like what's happening at the pump, it has everything to do with the elected officials that you, we keep electing in office. It has nothing to do with oil and gas companies because they want to drill and they want to produce an abundance. We have an abundance. Unfortunately, when there's so much set against them, uh, it makes it hard for them to make a basic decision on should they proceed or should they not. And since day one, the Biden administration has come in. And Tom, you're correct. They've created this all-out assault. And we should have seen it coming from day one when he signed the executive order to cancel the Keystone Pipeline. You have to have infrastructure folks in order to get oil and gas to your gas pumps and to get decent price groceries on the gas on on, uh, on the shelves guys let's take a break when we come back we'll pick the subject back up uh, you're listening to in the oil patch radio show we'll be right back shale oil and gas business magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing our digital advertising services include website email radio video and social media shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210-240-7188. Again, 210-240-7188. We're back. You're listening to an oil patch radio show. Our guest today is Tom Pyle, the president of American Energy Alliance. Tom, first, first, uh, before I ask the next question, I just want to to thank you for everything you do. I read your stuff religiously at both at AEA and the IER, all this great stuff you put out. And it's a tremendous resource for guys like me that write about these issues. Um, But I, you know, going back to these hearings uh, that we saw this past week, uh, I'd like your thoughts on on the nature of them and the fact that they tend to, you know, hearings like this get called by the Democrats every time the price of, of gasoline rises, really for the last half century. It's been just kind of a par- part of their playbook. Uh, are, are hearings like this ever a good use of anyone's time? And do they ever create any value for the the discussion we really need to be having around energy and the environment? No, unfortunately, congressional hearings are, are more of a dog and pony show now uh, than they've ever been. Let me give you what the Democrats uh, sort of playbook is every time the price goes up, because you've got to remember, even during all of this, the only reason that they are expressing any care at all about the price of gas is because they're coming up before the voters here in seven months. Otherwise, this is part of the plan. High energy prices is a feature, not a bug of their (laughs) policies. This is what they want because they don't want us to use these resources, right? They want us to suffer. Okay, so first it's the leases. They have 9,000 leases, right? Well, the utilization rate right now of the leases that are out there is is about as high as it's been historically. It's in the high 70%. Okay. Two, because a lot of the folks in the oil patch were worried about lease, uh, this administration potentially shutting down 
right. leasing on federal lands. They bought a bunch of per, they, they bought a bunch of leases under the Trump administration. So they did. There was a spike in in the leases, but it isn't the the administration is sitting on four thousand permits right now, right? That they could easily uh, sign off on, and those 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 permits you can start to start the process, right? So don't talk about leases when you've got 4,000 permits sitting on your desk, right? That's yeah. one. Then they talk about subsidies, okay? <laughs> oh, why should we subsidize you people? You're getting all, you have to make all this money. Okay, none of the, quote, subsidies that the oil and gas industry receives are any different than any other, uh, any other industry, pharmaceuticals, Hollywood, you name it across the board, right? These are these, now, if you want to change the tax code, fine. I'm all for it. I'm all for a flat tax. Get rid of all this deductions and make 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 it make it flat or whatever. So don't give me any garbage about subsidies. The the other one is you're sitting on record profits. Well, they didn't they didn't offer to pay the oil and gas industry when they were losing fifty billion dollars during the pandemic, right? So this is all a, an, an exercise in them trying to bounce the blame off of them and put it on the very industry that they are now asking to produce more. That's the right. irony of it all. It's like, I don't usually want to help the other side message, but they're talking both sides right now. They're saying, well, we don't want production, but you need to produce more so the price can go down. Yeah. So and it is all about the election. I mean, the, the polling is just collapsing around the Democrats ears right now. It's, it's crazy. And, and the local elections that were held this past week, Republicans won essentially all of them mm-hmm. in, in five different states. It was going to be a an incredible back. wipeout. And, yeah. and yeah, I, I just think it's it's all about uh, this next election. And, and should the Democrats somehow prevail, you know, they'll end up just going right back to the same old stuff after the election. But you know, right now it, it looks like they're they're going to get pretty much wiped out, not just at the federal level, but but in state legislatures around the country, and even in school board elections. There's been like 80 different school board elections held this year, and the Democrats are getting wiped out on the school boards because their opposition to parental yeah, rights. They, they deserve it, but I'll tell you, we we can't ever forget that. The, it comes at a very significant cost. Oh, uh, yes, are, it's it's awful. Hey, listen, we're going to have to go to a break. We're, we're running up on break again. This is In the All Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. The Texas Alliance of Energy Producers has a rich and commanding history of fighting for the independent oil and gas industry. The Texas Alliance became a statewide organization in 2000 with the merger of two of the oldest oil and gas associations in the nation, the North Texas Oil and Gas Association and the West Central Texas Oil and Gas Association. Today, with more than 2,600 members, the Texas Alliance is the largest statewide association in the country serving independent energy producers and associated industries. Through our efforts in Washington, D.C. and Austin, the Texas Alliance is focused on a better business climate for you. The Texas Alliance has a staff consisting of highly experienced senior staff and supporting consultants serving our membership. Offices are located in Austin and Wichita Falls. Become a member today by visiting texasalliance.org or email us texasalliance at texasalliance.org. And we're back. Our guest today is Tom Pyle, the president of American Energy Alliance. 
Tom, before the break, we were talking about the ridiculous hearings that are happening in D.C. with uh, these committees that are run by Democrats trying to demonize big oil. Uh, and as David said, you said an exercise of a big nothing. It's a big nothing burger. But I want to switch gears because I think we've got another big nothing burger here that we're going to talk about, which is Biden's plan for this massive 180 million barrel re release of oil from the strategic petroleum reserves. And I guess what, first of all, kind of briefly, but quickly tell, tell our listeners what this reserve is, what's the real mission of it, and then what is the impact that it's going to create, if any, and does this put us in an area where it's, where we're going to be more energy secured or less? Sure, real quick. Strategic Petroleum Reserve was put in place. We have all these uh, salt mines uh, that deposits in Louisiana and in parts of Texas. Fill the reserve with oil so that if there's a real bad situation, a, a terrible weather situation or, or a, a war, uh, there's a massive shortage of oil due to security reasons, we can release that oil, right? This administration has turned into the strategic political reserve in an attempt to try to alleviate mm -hmm. the price at the pump. The problem is 180 million sounds like a lot. Guess how much, guess how many days of oil that is that we consume in the United States? Nine, nine yeah. days. It's nine I days worth. It's not going to do anything to help alleviate the price at the pump. It's a gimmick. Unfortunately, they've also ruined the whole purpose of the reserve, right? And we're going to eventually have to fill that back up previous administration, President Trump wanted to fill the reserve right. when prices were low to help the mm -hmm. industry a little bit. The Congress laughed at him and said, no way are we helping the oil industry. They, they should have done it then. And, you know, buy low, sell high. They're selling <laughs> high and buy, you know, buying high or selling, you know, it's just, it's, it's absolutely crazy. Another gimmick, uh, another short term. And I don't I don't, it's, I don't, I don't want to be as nice. It's not a gimmick. This was created by them. For it, it's lunacy. It's not. A, it's just total lunacy. You created it. Now you're releasing it. You. This is the reason why we're in this mess. Your policies, your poor policies, and I do hope they get completely slaughtered at the ballot boxes because this is insanity. And I think the American people see it. Like y'all are crazy. I don't know what water you're drinking <laughs> or why you're doing this to the American people, but it makes no sense. And. Even if you don't understand oil and gas, you know something's wrong. David, I'll, I'll give you. Um, well, yeah, and, and just to follow on that, Tom, um, when you talk about uh, war, you said you know you mentioned that that the reserve was created uh, specifically for for times of national, real national emergency, and wartime. I mean, we've got a war going on in Europe right now, where the president of the United States uh, just said that the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin, is a war criminal, and that's a specific term that has specific consequences if the international security decides to act on it and could end up broadening that war, unfortunately. And so, I mean, is this really a great time to be taking 35% of, of what reserves we have left? Uh, you know, I mean, and, and really kind of damaging our energy security here in this country right now? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, policy matters, right? Um, it does, yeah. The previous administration, uh, President Trump, believed in the value 
recognized the strategic importance of these resources. And, you know, he embraced the industry. He cut through yep. Obama's red tape. And the result was in 2019, for the first time since the 1950s, since after the Second World War, we produced more than we consumed and we exported more than we imported. We became secure, right? Go back to the Keystone Pipeline. Don't forget it was President Obama and Vice President Biden who sat on the permit for eight years. And now the Democrats are saying, well, if even if we reverse course, it, it still won't matter because we won't, oil won't be flowing through there for several years. Well, if they had signed off on it eight years ago, 800,000 barrels of Canadian crude would be flowing to our refineries in the Gulf. Yeah, and they could just, I mean, the Biden administration is negotiating right now with Canadian officials, right, to to find ways to bring more oil into the country. Wouldn't it be a great time to have Keystone XL up and running right now? Absolutely. So it does matter. (laughs) And, and, you know, and, and I think that the American people are not dumb. They understand what's going on here. They have had enough of this garbage. They want real adults and grownups running energy policy, running policy period uh, across the board. Yeah, any policy. You know, healthcare, the whole thing, everything that these guys touch right now turns to something I'm not going to say on air. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is live radio. You know, kind of reminds me, that cartoon, which is it with the Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner, and it's always blowing up in a uh, Wiley Coyote's uh, face, the Roadrunner, <laughs> of them. And it's and you're right, Tom. It's everything that they are doing is just a mess, and they have no clue how to do anything competent. It seems like at all, and anything they touch just goes to goes to hell in a hand, yeah, quickly. Anyway, David, I know you have another um, question to ask, Tom. Well, you know, uh, yeah, I want to want to get into uh, this whole idea of Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders proposing a new windfall profit tax on the industry, Tom. How does that help our industry produce more oil and bring the price of gas down? It doesn't. Um, it is the other, that is the third thing I, I didn't mention that they always bring back yeah. up is, you know, I'm going to take away the profits you're making right now, uh, the X, you know, the incremental profits you've made peg it to a different year where, you know, what profits they've made. All you're doing is adding to the cost of a, of a gallon of gasoline because corporations don't, they don't do, they don't do anything out of benevolence. They do things out of, uh, you know, they take profits, right? That's right. what they're supposed to do in order to reinvest those profits, right. And to keep their business, uh, you know, flourishing. So, uh, you know, President Biden gets his energy advice from Swedish teenagers and former bartenders and washed up socialists. <laughs> and, and that's essentially what these policies are coming, you know, uh, coming out of Europe. And, and, and to be serious, you know, Russia can only do what they're doing because Europe has become 40% dependent on Russia for their natural gas. Right. Because of the policies that we're talking about, because of the Green New Deal, which has been going on in Europe now for longer than it has here. Yeah, 15 years, yeah. Let's take a break, guys. When we come back, we're going to get back on this topic you're listening to in the Old Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Hey, you. 
Do you want to join the fastest growing oil and gas network in Texas? Ma'am, I'm all for growing my business. So you've got my attention. What is it? Teak is the Texas Energy Advocates Coalition. They hold business mixers to help businesses grow and network. Any cost to join? For the next 90 days, it's completely free. No charge to join. But they do want like-minded individuals to attend who are interested in growing their business and networking. Well, I want to join. Where should I go? Go to shalemag.com slash teak and click on the join link enter your information and we'll get you set up join the texas energy advocates coalition at shalemag.com slash teak today back you're listening to in the oil patch radio show our guest today is tom pyle the president of american energy alliance Hey Tom, uh, let's let's spend this last segment on infrastructure because it, you know, it's such a critical thing for every aspect of our society. And we had a what was it one one point two trillion dollar bill passed last year supposedly to address infrastructure needs. Well, obviously the oil and gas industry needs infrastructure as much as any other business in the country. And I know you guys have written and and talked a lot about those issues. And I. Uh, Talk about how, first of all, the, the, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission and the efforts it's putting into halting the construction of new pipelines in this country during the Biden administration. Yeah, this is particularly uh, a, a, bad, a bad deal for Americans. FERC, the Federal Energy Commission, they uh, have to basically sign off on natural gas pipelines, right? So they have they basically have the ability to Yay or nay them. Well, the Democrat commission, the the commission is now controlled by three Democrats. Two of them are ideologues. Uh, It's a five member commission, but the majority are Democrats. They are issuing orders that would essentially make it impossible to build a new natural gas pipeline in this country, period. They would make the process so confusing. Again, going back to that, are we going to spend billions of dollars on an investment if we know that the federal government's going to put the kibosh on it? If they get these these orders through, forget about it. Uh, basically, the LNG uh, industry, uh, liquefied natural gas, uh, Europe needs it. We we've got it. If we don't build the infrastructure, build the pipes, then we can't do it. We just we're, we're hamstrung. They talk about methane, right, uh, and flaring and stuff like that. Right, right. If we had pipes, we could move it out. We can't move it out because they won't let us build pipelines. Right. Keystone is just one example. They also use a law called the Clean Water Act in states like New York, for example, to veto pipelines. And the irony is in the Northeast in Massachusetts, they're importing LNG 120 miles away is one of the largest gas uh, uh, deposits in the world in Pennsylvania. Yeah, on there, and face of the earth, yeah. 150 mile an hour, 150 mile pipe from Pennsylvania to Boston could alleviate a lot of pain for ratepayers in, in the Northeast, but they refuse to let this infrastructure go. Unlike, again, I hate to see, keep saying it, unlike the previous administration who right. encouraged the use and the production uh, of, of oil and gas and the infrastructure. To but, but, but let's talk about that. That's a, such a great point because in the previous administration, the Trump administration, you know, Trump and, and the federal government wasn't the impediment to getting the pipes from the Marcellus to Boston it was the government of New York State, which for, is this land barrier between Pennsylvania and the New England states, right? Correct. Uh, Governor Cuomo. If you look at the states 
the blue states, if you will, the Californias and the New Yorks, they, their, their rate bears and their motorists are paying way more than the average for their gasoline and their electricity. Why? Because in their states, they're doing what the Biden administration wants to do nationally, which is saddle us with regulations and make it harder and harder and harder for us to produce and use these resources. Yeah. And they want to force us into electric vehicles at the same time. And you know what, um, that, that, that leads us into a great point, which is, so as an advocate for the oil and gas industry, and we see what's happening, and most of these states, as you said, if you're, they're paying higher uh, prices, period. They're, these are Democrat-run cities and states that are having all these issues and problems. These are not Republic. And I'm not trying to advocate on behalf of a Republic Party either, or on behalf of the Republic Party. I'm pretty much an independent. But you have to start looking and realizing if every one of these states and every one of these cities that we're having all these issues in, and who's in the White House and White House and who runs the House right now, every single thing comes back to the Democrat Party, period. And I want that's, to lay that's, this. Uh, unfortunately, that's true, Kim. It is them. It is their policies. And if you are an unhappy American and feeling that you have been betrayed, then you got to start looking at which party is doing it. And and so my 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 question to you is, this seems like a mess. If FERC gets through, America's over water, and th these regulations that you're talking about, what can American citizens, what can our listeners do to, can, can we even turn this around, in your opinion, with the, these poor policies coming, energy policies coming out of the administration? I mean, it kind of seems like we're in a very disastrous place, if you will, with what is the future hold for oil and gas. And by the way, we need this, or, or we all will have a very, very horrible life, but especially lifestyle, if, if we have to pay higher the prices, regulations um, are enormous for the oil and gas industry, and at the same time, uh, the American people are going to pay the price for it. So what can we do? Yeah, it's a it's a multi-step process. The first is we've got to stop the insanity. And the Republicans oh. are good at stopping stuff uh, when they, they're in charge. So at least yeah, they are. <laughs> we won't see a lot of really bad stuff coming out of Capitol Hill. But that's only the beginning. We have to go beyond that. We have to unwind a lot of this stuff. And it's going to take a while. Um, I wish it wasn't the case that the Democratic Party was so viciously opposed to these to this industry. It has happened incrementally over time, uh, as the Greens and the Radicals uh, have taken over that party, and that's part of the problem. But the American people, I think this is a very, I think we're at a moment where they're recognizing that the, these policies are destructive for them and their families and their ability to to have the American dream. Uh, it's that simple. And I think that first we've got to throw the bums out, right? Mm -hmm. We'll have a chance to do that in November. Then we'll have a national election two years from then. But then we have to do the even harder job of holding those who are supposed to be with us and support us accountable to doing what they say as opposed to just saying saying good things. Talk is cheap on both sides, right? I'm glad that, that they're saying that they're with us, but we have to make sure that they yeah. deliver on that. Hold them and that's, that's going to be just as important as getting these rascals out now. And, and well, quickly, and that, and that's, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead, David, go ahead. Well, just one quick point. I mean, just to, to, to reinforce what Tom said, Republicans yeah. have historically been really good about stopping things and doing nothing. Uh, they have not been really good about unwinding things and making the reforms necessary to correct the bad situation. Anyway, go ahead. 
Well, I was just going to say, you know, if this keeps going, you know, I think that people still remember President Trump's um, record in making sure that we were energy independent. We had uh, no recession. He gave no, we were not in a recession whatsoever when uh, Biden took over office. And now look at it. Everything, the American people remember the past administration, this administration, and the, the differences with just in a short period of time. And if President Trump decides to run again, I think that we will see that the American people, they'll put up with the mean tweets uh, better than their entire lifestyle changing almost overnight into what's starting to look like a third world country. With... Well, he can't tweet anymore either, so you don't even have the mean tweets to work. Oh, that's about. true. You don't yeah. have to worry about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> For now. Well, you know, if it's President Trump, if it, you know, if he decides to run, great. I mean, he did great things. He, you know, uh, he put a lot of he basically put himself out there he didn't yeah. have to right. there are going to be a lot of other great candidates too yeah like ron DeSantis. Yeah. absolutely and i'm going to look forward to that process because you know we're at a point where there's a clear contrast in in visions for this country tom that is all the time we have for this show i look forward to having you back here soon in which i want to talk about the green new deal and the whole green thing and climate change but that's all the time we have for this show you're thank you for listening to an oil patch radio show tom thank you for joining us pleasure always in the oil patch is where together we explore topics that affect us all in oil gas business and in your community Every week, your host, Kim Bilotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.